You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning again. It's great to see you guys here this morning. I'm Trent Stewart. I'm the lead pastor here. And I'm excited just to share with you what God's laid on my heart. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, I encourage you to turn in the book of Matthew chapter 16. Uh, it's where we're going to be. Man, I, I love Easter. I mean, it's, it's probably one of the uh, greatest days uh, that we experience here at Foothills Church every year. And one of the things that makes it so great is that there are so many you know, new people that, that decide to come to church. And so I love hearing people's stories. I, I love meeting new people. I love hearing you know, why they came to church and, and, and all those great things. And one of the things that's great about Easter is that people that don't normally go to church actually decide to go to church. And so um, I, I love that and, and I, I love to experience that. And, um, and, and for some of you that, used, that, that are here that usually don't go to church, you used to go. And so there was a time maybe in your life where you used to attend church and, and you used to like experience God and, and, and God actually was moving in your life at a certain time. And, and then you come back to church today and you're like, man, I miss it. I, I, I miss being around God's people. I miss being around, you know, just the worship and the environment that, that, is, that is here. And, and, I, and, and I love having my kids over there right now singing songs about Jesus and, and learning about Jesus. And, and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like a reconnection for you. And so we're, we're excited that you're here today. And, and some of us um, have actually invited people to, to be here with us today. And so you've got a loved one here. And so, you know, I know because you're like, Trent, so-and-so is coming today. So make sure it's a good one, you know. It's like no pressure, but make sure it's a good one, right? So over the years at, at Foothills Church, um, God has just moved in some incredible ways on, on Easter Sunday uh, last year, we saw several people get saved and several people get baptized. Almost, I think it was almost 40 people. And so it seems like every Easter Sunday, there's just power. And there's just a presence of, of God that's here that people hear the gospel and, and they just get it. And there's something in the power of Easter that, that we just feel the energy today. You just feel the presence of God. And so today as I share and today as I I, I, I begin to present the gospel once again. My encouragement for you today is to become a Christian, despite the fact that you know one, despite the fact that maybe you're married to one or maybe you work for one. That, like I, my job for the next few minutes is to convince you that there is nothing greater in, in, on this planet than to follow and live for Jesus. Nothing compares to that. Nothing is greater than him. And so the gospel starts out in the beginning. And, and so the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and, and the earth and, and it was good. And he created Adam and Eve and, and it was good and their relationship was perfect and their relationship with God was perfect. He said, don't eat from the tree and the center of the garden. And yet, yet their heart was tempted and they fell for it. And they ate and sin entered into the world, ruining that relationship between them and their creator, ushering in sin into uh, the world and into our life. And it just got worse and worse from that day. So wicked that God decided to kill everyone in a great flood. 
except for Noah and his family. And so the flood came and, and after the flood, God told Noah to repopulate the earth. And, and sure enough, as more and more people uh, were born and, and were in existence, that, that rebellion crept in once again and, and men and women decided to do what they wanted to do instead of follow God's way. God, I, we're not going to do what you think is right, God. We're going to do what we think is right. And, and, and I'm not going to listen to what you think is the right relationship for me, God. I've got it figured out all on my own. And so the rebellion continued. And, and instead of flooding the earth of, again and, and destroying the earth in that way, God said, you know what? I'm going to demonstrate my love in a different way this time. I'm going to send my son in human form. I'm going to send my son to, to leave heaven, the most perfect and beautiful place that we can't even comprehend in existence. I'm going to send my son to leave heaven and to walk amongst them, people like you and I. And he did. And, and God said, I'm going to show them how much I love them. Like, like I'm going to demonstrate this love by instead of killing them with the flood, this time I'm going to allow my son to be punished for their crimes, for their sin. And so Jesus hung on the cross on that Good Friday and, and bearing my sin and my shame and, and your sin and your shame. And through the cross, the payment for God's wrath was satisfied. Jesus died a physical death and he laid in that tomb. And on Easter Sunday, over 2,000 years ago, he rose from the grave, defeating sin, defeating death, and providing for you and I a way to have a right relationship with God, to be forgiven from our sins, to enjoy this life to the fullest, this, this life that, that can, can never be satisfied with anyone or anything apart from Jesus Christ. And that, my friend, is the gospel. And, and not only that, but once he rose from the grave, he ascended back into heaven. And God said, one day I'm gonna send my son back to the earth the first time was a rescue mission, but this time when he goes back, he's going to collect his family and then he's going to send everyone else to the lake of fire for all eternity. See, that's the gospel. And for some of you that are Christians, you're like, whew, man, that pumps me up. That's why I'm here today, Trent. That's why I love it. That's why I sing. That's why I give. That's my, why my life has been transformed. That's what I'm about. And then others of you, you shrug your shoulders and you're like, hmm. You should see this new app I got on my phone, dude. It is sweet. Just kind of rolls off your shoulders like it's not a big deal. Like it's nothing uh, that, that you really need. But today, how could we ever assume or think that anyone or anything could make us happy apart from Jesus? When I ask you the most important question anyone will ever ask you in your entire life today, it's more important than the question, will you marry me? It's more important than the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's more important than the question, do you want fries with that? You know, do you want to supersize that? Of course I want to supersize that. Who am I, Michelle Obama? Give me some fries. Give my kids some fries. Tell me, I'm going to eat a Big Mac. It's the most important question you've ever been asked in your entire life. And Jesus asked it in Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13. Let's read it together. He says, now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, 
and others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets, he said to them, here's the question right here it is, but who do you say that I am? Most important question you'll ever answer in your entire life. Who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You see, I'm going to share with you some things this morning that, that Jesus said in the scripture. And so we can learn about who he is by what he has said about himself. And, and after we hear what he said about himself, then we have the opportunity to say, okay, okay, after seeing what Jesus said about himself, now I can myself say who he is, who I say that he is. It's the most important question you'll ever answer in your entire life. So if you're taking notes, number one, here's what Jesus says about himself. Number one, Jesus said, I am doing God's will. Like he came to earth to do God's will. John chapter six, verse 38 says, for I have come, this is Jesus speaking. I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father. Okay, he came to do the will of my father. And he says, this is it, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. You see, Jesus was on a rescue mission from heaven. He came from heaven on a rescue mission to rescue us from our sin and the will of God was accomplished. And, and what is the will of God? That all that believe in the name of Jesus, that, that put their faith in him, will be saved. And he says, I'm not going to lose anyone that God gives to me. In other words, if you have faith in Christ, he says, I'm not going to lose them. This is God's will, that anyone who looks on the Son and has faith, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will be raised on the last day. He'll believe, he'll have eternal life, and he'll be raised on the last day, you see, Jesus is on a rescue mission. He's not simply a man who became God. He is the God-man. He came from heaven. He always existed before the foundation of the world. Jesus humbled himself and, and left heaven, this perfect, amazing place that, again, we can't even comprehend to live with people like us. He suffered. He endured pain. So, I mean, Jesus knows what it feels like to be lonely, to be rejected, to face temptation. See, he can relate to every emotion that you experience today because he lived as one of us, fully God and fully man. And God's will is that through Jesus we have eternal life. And there is no other way that we receive forgiveness or have eternal life. That's why Jesus said in John 14 that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to me except, no man goes to the Father except through me. You see, there, there, is, there, there aren't many roads to heaven. I mean, this is, I just have to be honest with you today. I, I have to give an account for everything that I say on this stage. And with all the love that I have in my heart, I've got to be honest. There is no other way to heaven than Jesus Christ. There is no other way to enjoy forgiveness of sin than Jesus Christ. Apart from faith in him, we'll spend an eternity in hell. All religions do not lead to God. But the great news is that he invites all of us. He invites you. He invites me to receive him today. He invites us to receive his forgiveness, to commit our life to him. And, and he offers us salvation. He offers us forgiveness today. And today, some of you 
will experience that forgiveness maybe for the first time in your entire life. You'll say yes to Jesus for the first time. Maybe some of you are kind of riding the, you know, the fence and so you've got one foot in the world and, and one foot in religion and, and maybe you've attended church sporadically, but at the end of the day, you've never really given your heart and life to Jesus. I mean, if you were honest, you would say, you know what, I, I, I think I believe, but listen, listen, even Satan believes in Jesus. Satan knows what Jesus did and so do all of his demons. They know about him. They know what he did. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, have we given our life to him and are we living for him? You see, that's what it means to follow him. That's what it means to give our life to him. And so some of you today will receive him for the first time. And I'm going to invite you to do that in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to, 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 to ask him into your life, receive his forgiveness, and we're going to baptize you today. Why wait? Today's the greatest day in the history of your life to finally say yes to Jesus. Today's the greatest day in the history of your life to finally get baptized. Some of you said, yeah, I, maybe I, you have accepted Christ, but you've never followed him in obedience to, to get baptized. And so today we're gonna do it and we're gonna give you the opportunity to do it. And we've got clothes and we've got towels and hair dryers and whatever else you need, they got up there and they'll take care of you because there is no better day than today to say yes to Jesus. Jesus came to do God's will, which was to save people who put their faith in him. But secondly, Jesus said that I'm God. In John 10, verse 30, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Whoa, wait a minute. I and the Father are one. This made the religious leaders so incredibly upset. They were mad. They started to pick up stones right then and there to kill him. And Jesus says, hey, wait a minute. Why are you about to throw stones at me? And their response is because you, a mere man, claim to be God. You see, Buddha, Muhammad, Confucius, no other world religious uh, leader has ever claimed the things that Jesus claimed. No other world religious leader claimed to be God. It never happened If this is not true, Jesus is the biggest liar who ever lived and deserves hell more than anyone in this room. He is either telling us the truth that he is God and we should worship and serve him with all of our heart, or he is a liar and we should reject him as a lunatic and crazy person. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Jesus said that I'm God Number three, Jesus said that I have authority to forgive sin. I have authority to forgive sin. In Luke 5, 20, he saw their faith and he said, man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Now this ticked off the religious leaders again. Are you kidding me? Nobody can forgive sin but God himself. And he said, oh yeah, by the way, I'm God if you missed that one. You see, Jesus has authority to forgive sins today. You walk in here today and you're like, Trent, you don't know what I did, bro. In college, man, it was rough and I I had some things and oh, I can't even think about it. Jesus has authority to forgive sin. You walk in here today, young people, and you're like, yeah, but you don't know what goes through my mind, Trent. And and Jesus, I don't know about it. Jesus has authority to forgive sin. You walk in here today and your marriage is in shambles and you're like, I don't know if we're even gonna make it to next week, Trent. How how can God do it? Jesus has authority to forgive sin and heal each and every one of us 
today. He has authority. He can forgive our sin today. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions. Jesus has authority to forgive sin. Number four, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, hey, this is what we're celebrating today, that Easter morning. This is, this is it. I mean, he is the resurrection and the life. Folks, if he's still dead, if he's in the grave somewhere, then we have no hope. We have nothing to celebrate today. We have nothing to, to get excited about today. He says this in John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. You see, Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. He was nailed to a cross, crown of thorns pressed into his head to ensure that he died. They took a a spear and thrust it into his side and it entered his heart sack and blood and water came out. Jesus physically died that day. They took the spices of the day to anoint his body, to place him in the tomb and, and he lay there dead physically in the tomb. And then the Bible teaches us that he rose Physically, not just spiritually or mentally or some apparition. He physically rose and and he showed himself to hundreds of his disciples and people. You know, it's also interesting. If you read the account, you'll see that that it was women that discovered the empty tomb. Now, if if, if you know anything about the first century, at that point, women were not credible resources. Like they did not believe or, or give any authority to a woman's testimony. So if the, if the New Testament, if, if it was not true, I mean, the, 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 the cool, important thing and, and, and thing that would really convince people is not to use a woman's testimony first. If they wanted to trick us or wanted to try to you know, teach us or try to you know, sway people, they would, have, they would have said a man. But no, they're just being accurate. This is how it happened. He is the resurrection and the life. The Roman officials didn't want anyone to do anything to his body. And so they placed the guard in front of the tomb to make sure. And so placing that guard there, they wanted to make sure that he was dead and that nobody would steal it. But he defeated death, which means you and I will defeat death. Because he defeated sin, you and I have the opportunity to defeat sin. And, through, and though we die, we live because of Jesus. If you don't hear anything else today... Hear this, because Jesus lives, we live for Jesus. You see, that's the point. Like Because he lives, we live for Jesus. Because he lives, we have an opportunity to live for Jesus. And, and, and because he's the resurrection and the life, like some of us are looking for life and, and we're looking for life in relationships and work and success and, and on and on and on the cycle goes, looking for life. But you walk in here today and if you don't have Christ, you're empty. If you were honest, there is no peace in your life. There is no joy in your life. And listen to me, some of you are blinded by your unbelief because you think you love Jesus or follow Jesus, but your life has not been changed. And folks, I'm telling you, if you know Jesus, your life has been changed. If there is no change, then you need to examine whether or not you have truly given your life to Jesus. Now listen, the day of the resurrection, they weren't sitting outside the tomb 
You know, they didn't have their coffee at sunbreak, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, grabbing some munchkins, you know, talking about, all right, I wonder when he's coming, and, and just kind of waiting for the stone to roll away, doing a little countdown. Ten, nine, eight. no, there was no countdown. They did not expect that to take place. Everybody had, had run away. They were, they were gone. They thought it was over. The deal is done. Jesus died. They were confused, and no one was around They didn't expect the resurrection. And some of you today didn't expect God to work in your life. Some of you didn't expect Jesus to speak to your heart right here and right now. Some of you didn't expect to be faced with a decision like this. Hey, it's Easter. I wanted to dress up, man, and just come to church and hang out and and have a good time. But, But Jesus is speaking to your heart right here, right now. You've never accepted him. You've never truly given your life to him. Some of you, man, you've, you've been to church or you've, maybe you've accepted him, but you've never followed him in baptism. You've never taken that step of obedience. And, and, and my question for you is, who do you say that he is? I mean, if, if he is the Christ, if he is the son of God, as, as Peter proclaimed, then shouldn't our life look different? Shouldn't there be a step of obedience to be baptized? And and, and why would we wait if this is the case? Some of us in here are making the biggest mistake of our entire life by saying that Jesus is just a good man. Jesus is not just a good man. He is not just a good prophet. In fact, if the claims that he said are untrue, then he is a liar, sinner, lunatic. And we should treat him as such. But if he is the son of God, if what he says is true, you and I should bow to him today and worship and give everything that we need to give and do anything that we need to do to give our heart to him, to follow him. The first sermon that was ever preached after the resurrection was by a guy named Peter. Peter preached the gospel and it was beautiful and and it was just an amazing explanation of the gospel. And at the end of of the sermon, the people that heard him said, okay, what must we do to be saved? And his response was, repent and be baptized. Repent and then be baptized. You see, repenting is when we turn from our sin, we turn from our life and we turn to Jesus. So, so it means when we repent, we are deciding to follow Jesus. So, so some of us think that our faith means that Jesus follows us. Like Jesus, you give me heaven and then you follow me to the strip club. You follow me to the unhealthy relationship. You follow me to whatever sin that you want to entertain this week. Jesus, just follow me. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what repentance is. Repentance is when I turn. I turn from my sin in my life and I turn to Jesus. If there has not been a turning in your life, then you do not know Jesus today. He said, repent and then be baptized. You read the the book of Acts and all throughout the book of Acts, we see that we we believe, we repent, and then we're baptized. It's not flip-flopped. Some of us get baptized when we're kids, but we haven't really experienced faith. We've never, you know, received Christ into our life. Maybe a friend wanted us to do it or our our parents pressured us or for whatever reasons we got baptized, but we didn't believe and our our life was fruitless. That, That proves it. 
And so now as an adult, we're confused and we're like, oh, I know enough about Jesus, but my life is miserable. Folks, it's time to give your heart to Jesus to turn from your sin and to be baptized. You see, baptism is a symbol. That's why we do it. And, and Jesus commands us to do it. Baptism is, is a symbol of Christ dying. Under the water, he is dead. But then gloriously, he is resurrected out of the water. And, and in that same way, symbolically, it represents what's happened inside of my heart, inside of my life. Like the old Trent has died. And the new Trent is a brand new creation coming up out of the water. See, it's a symbol. If you never had faith when you were baptized, then, then you weren't really symbolizing anything. For some of you, it's time to get it right, to get it straight, to follow him, to say yes to Jesus today, and then to get baptized. And there's not a greater day than to do it right here, right now. Because Jesus is alive today, we live for him. Who do you say that he is? Is he a crazy man? Is he a guy that you kind of shoot for or kind of lean on when things are tough? Or is he really the son of God? If he is, then our life needs to be changed today. Our life needs to be radically transformed. And for some of you in this room, that time and that moment is right here, right now. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you've never accepted Christ, I want to encourage you to pray this. And, And this is not a prayer that saves you. Your repentance and your turning saves you. And so... In your heart today, this is between you and God. And by saying this, this is like your first statement, your first conversation to God. And so in this moment, I want to ask you to to just say this and and, and, and mean it. And then I'm going to ask you to come forward after you say this prayer. And we're going to take you back. Everybody in here is going to sing a couple of songs. We're going to counsel with you, pray with you, help you get changed, get everything ready and set. And we're going to baptize you right here. What what greater day to celebrate than Easter Sunday? For some of you, maybe it's not a salvation experience. Maybe it's just an obedience thing. And you've just been kind of teeter-tottering on, I don't know, and I don't know this, and I don't Bro, it's, can you just make a decision? I mean, is he or is he not the Christ, the son of the living God? If he is, then nothing should stop us today. Not fear not pride, not somebody's here that I know and what will they think. None of that matters. If he is the son of God, if he died on the cross for your sins and rose on the third day that we celebrate him today, then there is nothing that should stop us. Would you bow your heads with me? For those of you that don't know Christ, if you're ready to receive him today, just simply say this. You can say it out loud or you can say it in your heart, in your mind. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your Son, that He died on the cross for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and save me today. I turn from my sin and I turn to you, Jesus. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.